time to another IELTS not so live coaching. That's right, guys. This isn't actually uh, a live coaching session that I normally do. This is pre-recorded because I have fallen behind. But nonetheless, guys, I'm so grateful to be back. Um, and today we're going to be going over a few things and ways to answer questions. Just recently, I had a consultation with a girl from India. She had gotten a seven and she's looking to immigrate to, of course, Australia and she needs an eight. So while I was, you know, interviewing her and stuff like, you you know, interviewing her and stuff like that, I realized that she didn't have any structure, but she didn't have any structure and she got a seven. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be so easy. You have made my life easier because now all you need to do is implement structure and you're going to go up to that seven and a half to eight. So what I'm going to tackle is rather than me just going on those land the those long rants and talking about the different ways and how to break down these questions i'm going to show you how to develop ideas from these different types of things all right or these different types of questions and the genre because this genre is going to be a little bit more difficult for you guys so what i'm going to do right now i'm going to screen share and as you guys see we have and what we're going to be talking about is overseas voluntary work. And so today's podcast is going to be, or the, today's coaching is going to be about developing ideas, right? Because a lot of you have to realize and always have a systematic approach to ans uh, answering these questions. It's kind of like the exam uh, success podcast that had gotten like 150 plays already, like within a 24 hour period, because people want to know how to answer these types of questions. So if I look at A, okay, it says working with children in an orphanage. So I want you guys to think about the two things that people well, it could be the two values that people must have with working with children or the functions behind working with children, right? So when you're working with children in an orphanage, obviously you have to show empathy. You have to empathize for them because they are motherless and fatherless, right? That's why they're in an orphanage. Also, perhaps patience or building or possibly team building. There's a lot of different things and ways you could tackle this, but think about when people work for and help children in an orphanage, what do they have to do? They have to show them support. They have to be that sort of, you know, that, that sort of mentor, right? If you will, because obviously they don't have mentors. These orphans don't have anything. So again, think about how difficult it would be. And I had written it down. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, I did write it down. But again, just think about it. Now, B, if we look at B, working on a wildlife conservation project. So if we look at the different things around the world, what is it about wildlife? All the bad news that we've been hearing. Endangered species, right? Why does this happen? Poaching. Why does poaching happen? Poor people kill animals to sell to people who can sell it for a very profound, like a massive, uh, what is it? A massive, a ridiculous amount. So North African elephants, for example. So if you look at a wildlife conservation project, a lot of things and you know how to conserve that environment and to help in, to help rebuild. Um, a real quick example, the people who are behind like the ministry of, I don't know what it is out here in Thailand, they've literally banned all tourists from that ultra, like James Bondish, uh, the movie, The Beach Island, uh, that is in Phuket. 
And what they did, they said, we're going to ban everyone because the coral reefs and everything is damaged. We needed to regroup. We needed to regroup. So that's a conservation project to ban all tourists, knowing that you're going to directly like like you're going to directly hurt your finances. But at the same time, you're going to save the environment. That's what people do. Wildlife conservation projects is to save. Right. So there are a lot of people. Um, I think there are only three white rhinos, some kind of white rhinos. It's in one of the African countries. I forgot what it is, but they stand guard. There are military. There are probably about eight of them that stand guard 24 hours around the clock because they know that the ivory, if I'm not mistaken, because I am pretty sure that rhinos, their, their, their horns are actually made out of, you know, based, what, what do you call this? The whatever, but let's just say your nails, right? I forgot what the, 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 the scientific word is to it, whatever. But Chinese people love to buy this stuff because they believe it's the healing, right? The healing potion, right? This is what I've heard, okay? Don't judge me. This is what I've heard. The North African elephants, there were 1.2 million, uh, probably at the dawn of the new century. Now there are only possibly 200,000 left. Why? African people are killing them. They're shipping them first to Vietnam. Then Vietnam sells them to China and China sells them on the black market for obscene amounts. So conservation projects are to help animals from not only poachers, but environmental problems, right? Like pollution. So I want you guys to think about that too. Conservation, if you don't know that word, jot it down, write about it a little bit, all right? So C, working on a construction project in a rural community. Gary V had done this. He went to Ghana for whatever reason that was about four years ago. And it was just a real quick possibly publicity stunt. But um, he wanted to build uh, roofs for some of these Ghanaian uh, schools out there. So again, I don't know if he actually went through with it. I knew, I knew it was through one of these organizations called Pencils of Promise, which is yeah, not a good organization because, of course, they exploit the poor. Uh, and you can see that by them putting up gala conventions and all this ridiculousness to, you know, it's, it's sad. It's really sad how people take advantage of the poor. But nonetheless, again, a construction project to help people. In the Philippines, there are different villages that do not have electricity. In Vietnam, there are different villages that do not have this. In African countries, sub-Saharan, they don't have shoes. They don't have cement. So they're literally walking around without shoes and sand in their own classroom. So a construction project is actually building a formidable place so that children can learn, you know, that is, so children can learn as most children in the Western world could learn, right? So working in a rural school, I love this. This is what I'm going to be doing. As a matter of fact, this is my life work. I would like to provide service or some means of transportation for the people who live in the foothills out there in the Amazon and Peru and the children who have to trek three to five hours every single day to get to a boarding school that has possibly only two classes. You know, these are the types of projects that I want to do. And this is therefore why I am moving to Costa Rica next year. And I'm going to be hanging up the gloves out here in Thailand because I want to work in rural schools. I have, I want to have such a profound impact and help as many people as I possibly can. Working in a rural school is basically working for people who do, are not given or do not have that much support from the government and are not given that much support from the government, their family, their friends, their environment, whatever it may be. Right. So here in Thailand, if you go up north, 
uh, unfortunately, a lot of the HISO, right, the actors and actresses to build their reputation and their public relations, they actually go up there and they video record everything. They video record them giving everything, but it's actually the townspeople that donate. They take those donations and they, they don't even donate originally. It's just to build up that PR. Again, this is somewhat, it, it, it pertains to the pencils of promise. So working in a rural school, think about the advantages and disadvantages. The disadvantages could be that, you know, rich people, they kind of build public relations, although they're really not given. Uh, working in a rural school, if, from your perspective, right, we're not talking about the impersonal anymore. How about the personal? Uh, it could be very daunting psychologically. You could feel a lot of pity, right? You could feel a lot of sorrow. You might cry. You could be overwhelmed. But at the same time, these people are happier than most people in the Western world, right? So working in a rural school is giving back to people who don't have much, right? So again, what might people do working on a rural health education program, right? So the border of Myanmar and Thailand, they are uh, subject to typhoid. That's a shot that I got before I had come here to Thailand uh, back in 2013. And it's because of unclean food. So think about a health education program to help these people to say, hey, you need to cook your food fully through here. You need to make sure you cover it this time. Don't refrigerate it when it's hot and all these other things. That's putting together an education program for a rural community that is not given that education in terms of just general cooking. So think about it from that perspective. How about people in F, working on an environmental conservation project? This could be anything environment. Uh, you see a lot of these different uh, different organizations doing things such as putting on gloves, wearing the same shirt, and picking up trash. Uh, a variety of things. We have seen this before, but that's an environmental conservation project. Uh, how about G, working on a marine conservation project? Now, we know that there is a floating island of plastic out there and uh, out there in the middle of the Pacific. And... A lot of these, uh, the, 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 the sea life, the wildlife in the sea, they are becoming entangled in a lot of the, the plastic out there, such as catheters and poles getting stuck up big giant sea turtles' noses. I think you guys have seen that video. Um, you know, what is it? Albatross, right? Those big old birds, uh, them eating different things, and those things have plastic. And so when they end up dying, if they take apart, you know, what's inside of them, it's all plastic. These are the big, pro this is the big problem with um, obviously the, the enormous amount of trash that's being just pumped into the damn ocean. It's literally killing all marine life and it could destroy billions of jobs in the future. So a conservation project is like, huh, how about let's audit? <laughs> let's audit all coastal cities up and down the world and see what they're doing. Because again, hate to say it, India is one of those places that have a significant issue with polluting the Indian Ocean, right? We know that there are mountains of trash in, uh, in the sea. America, we know. The ships, we know. The oil cargoes, the cargo ships that go from one coast to another coast, they're the worst. They, they dump barrels into the sea. They dump just about everything into the sea. And this is the issue. There has to be lengthy fines. There needs to be gel time. For this. So again, gotta have like a world court order or something. Whereas, you know, we could all come together and say, okay, this is the law now. If you do this, you're going to get sanctioned. There it is. So a marine conservation project is helping marine life. 
it's, that's what it is. So think about what people may do on that. Jot it down, do some free writing if you are not aware of what people may do on a, such a conservation project. Now I have four questions, okay? Number one, how easy or difficult do you think each of the jobs would be? Okay, you can answer it, give two supporting details, right? So think about it. If, one of the, if the examiner gives you a rounded question after you speak about a rural education program and say, how difficult do you think it is mentally for someone to work on such a program in a rural area where, you know, they don't have the same, you know, the same programs as the rest of civilization does? Again, think about one main thing and supporting details to back that up. Number two, which of the voluntary projects would you choose to work on? Give one, two supporting examples to why you would do that. Number, th number three, in which countries would you be most likely to do one of these projects? Think of the country, give two reasons why, such as what I just told you, right? Peru, I would love to do an environmental conservation project or just a project to help rule people who live deep in the jungle. This could be even in Papua New Guinea. These people have to go on one, not, not even three hours, like three hours for little nine-year-old girls going through like strawberry frogs and crazy snakes and all this other nonsense. That's already heartbreaking. Uh, but at the same time, if we look at Papua New Guinea, they don't even have shoes and they have to go down a river where a lot of people have died. And it's like a three-day trek. So again, hugely, hugely, just to go to school, just to go to school. So I would definitely, what country would I like to do it in Peru? Why? I've given you examples already. So I want you guys to jot this down. This is really good work for you to just spice up things and get your ideas flowing. And if we look at the last one, at what stage in life might someone volunteer overseas? So again, think of an age group, teenagers. How about the gap year? between 18 and 19, take a time off to figure out what you really want to do rather than just going to university and going into a program that you're like, oh, well, I don't know if I want to do this, but let me just do it anyways, right? Uh, I don't see many old people, older people volunteer, unless it's like at group homes and stuff like that, uh, not in the environment, probably is much less, right? The younger age groups, it could be anywhere between 15 and 25. So if you choose that, again, why do you think 15 to 25 year olds would want to volunteer overseas. Why? Why? So again, unfortunately, yes, we live in a social media world where people hold signs and freezing temperatures saying, I need food. I'm 10 years old and everyone walks past. That's all fake. It's fake, 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 right? We need to, there's a bigger picture to all of this. The people who are unaware, it's uh, what they don't know, they don't know right? Such as in Bolivia. Okay. Can there be a bus? Can a bus pick up these girls at this time? Could there be a route? Could there be different shoes? Could there be something that could help these individuals get quicker or, or you know, get to school faster? You know what I mean? And more, in a more safer way, right? I'm sorry, a safer way of getting to school. Um, again, so again, I'm just going off on a rant. But again, ask yourself these questions. 
So if you guys want to join the conversation and write some of your answers, do it in the comment section. If you are interested in my Patreon, yes, IELTS Patreon, it's available. Two free coaching hours a month, two free essay evaluations, $50, along with exclusive audio casts, videos, Q&As, webinars, you name it. If you're interested in that community and make it more cost efficient for your pockets, inquire today. So with that being said, guys, man, thank you so much for tuning in to another coaching session. We're going to have another one coming up later on today, I believe. And if you guys are interested in that, it's going to be a writing segment. Remember, I have only two more episodes in season one. Again, if you guys are interested in this and having this content over and over and over, and you're planning on taking IELTS maybe the end of October further back, this will be, Patreon will be a great, it's a great membership site for you to, again, have someone you can speak to on a 24-7 basis and develop your ideas. So with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful coaching session. Stay tuned for more over and out.